Thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yep. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not trying to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. From the top of my to head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad you're with us today for Jesus the Healer. We are having such a good time yes. studying on righteousness yes. and really um, our deliverance from the power of the enemy is total. Yes. I mean, yes. when we walk in our righteousness, it gives us the best life. Um, God, I, I've been saying on previous episodes because we've been teaching along this line. I don't know. This is like number five now of the fifth episode. But um, in that, the Holy Spirit directed me specifically of what to minister on. And before we, before we um, share these episodes with you, I always look to the Holy Spirit. He knows what the needs of the people are. And um, he prescribes something especially for us for this week. And I don't know that it might be, it not, might not be anything new to you, but it's foundational. Yes. Yes. Foundational things we have to go back to yes. all the time and fortify those, make sure that they're in good working order in our own spiritual lives. Um, so I so appreciate he's given us a, a special prescription yes. for these episodes. Uh, we started in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse four. The King James says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The Amplified Translation says, surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, mm -hmm. weaknesses, yes. and distresses yes. and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Mm -hmm. uh, notice this. Uh, it, this is certainly a healing verse. Mm -hmm. Absolutely yes. it is. Yes. But if we're not careful, we only think of when it says he's borne our griefs and sorrows as only these things that happen against our lives. Mm -hmm. Like if there's a tragic event, mm -hmm. um, a difficult thing that happens in our life, we think many times that that's limiting what these griefs and sorrows are. But the Holy Spirit wanted me to talk about and bring out that what causes griefs and sorrows in many people's lives is the regrets of decisions yes. they've made. That's right. Not just one particular event maybe, right. but just uh, maybe time lost right. that they could, they say, you know, I could have been further along. I could have done more for God. I could have done this and I could have done that and I should have done this. Listen, we've all got those thoughts of uh, what we could have done better. But sometimes people make decisions with marriage, children, businesses, homes, all these things that they experienced a measure of loss, a, a measure of struggle with that. And if they're not careful, that thing tries to live with them and tries to taint everything yes. going forward. Yes. 
yes. to where people are not as bold or they question their own faith because they recognize I missed it. Maybe I'll miss it the next time. These kinds of things that rob from us, Jesus bore the grief of that, the sorrow of that. What's that mean? No regrets, no shame, no embarrassment, none of that. Uh, why? Because that, that'll hinder our faith life. It will not only hinder our faith life, it will start having effect on our fellowship with God because we won't be as bold with him as we should be. We'll come into his presence. And if I could say this, shrink back, draw back, because if we're mindful of where we've missed it, well, thank God we have a cure. (laughs) Jesus bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Um, His blood washed away, washed away all of that. So what we're to do is we're to remember, wait a minute, my past has been cleansed. I don't have to, I don't have to make up for my past, so to speak. It's cleansed. God puts me back on starting ground again. I don't have to dig myself out of a hole. Some people are living in that hole. They're so used to it that that's a common view for them. And so we're authorized because Jesus carried the griefs and sorrows of our mistakes, our failures, our misses, our disappointments, all of these things. He carried that. You can't get rid of it by talking it out. You can't get rid of it by thinking it out and trying to reconcile it through your emotions and all that. Uh, it took the blood to deal with it. And it took the, it took the Godhead to deal with it. You can't bear it. That's why Jesus bore it. The Godhead, a member of the Godhead it took to deal with that. And so don't you try to deal with it. It will oppress you. It will hold you back. It will hinder your faith life. And so we are authorized because we are to remember in the face of when these things of our past try to trouble us, try to hold us back, we're to answer it with, no, he bore my griefs. He bore my sorrows of the past, of where I missed it. You have to answer that pressure, that push to try to get you oppressed by something of your past or oppressed by something of someone else's past that's close to you. We're authorized to not even think about it anymore. Why? Because the blood dealt with it. We give more credibility to the blood than we do of our mistakes and sins of the past. Amen. So that's what we've been talking about. I, I, was, re, I was referring to on the last episode something. I, I want to refer to it again and go a little further this time. Um, years ago, I was praying one day and I was disappointed in myself, you know, because I think, you know, I should do better at this or I should do better at that, referring mainly to my spiritual life. And I remember I had said to God, I said, God, I, here I am repenting again for the same thing. And I, I, I know you're tired of hearing me because I'm tired of saying it. <laughs> I'm not tired of repenting. I'm tired of missing it at the same place, you know. And um, so I was bringing that up and repenting to God over it. And uh, I, then I sat down to, to study for a little bit. And after a few moments, I had this sense to um, get on my knees. Mm -hmm. There was a reverence that came in the room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the moment my knees touched the floor, Jesus stood in front of me. I knew it by word of knowledge where he was. And he stood in front of me and he said these words to me. He said, you have failed many, many times. Mm -hmm. And I was so grateful. I was the first one that brought it up Mm -hmm. moments before. He said, you have failed many, many times. 
But he said, but I never have. In other words, get your view, get your eyes off of you. Get it on me. Because the, when the way I left that prayer, I was still in view talking about what I'm, what I'm not. And he said, you have failed many, many times, but I never have. So he, he picked up where I left off and then he went further and he flipped it back around to him. Why? Because he's the better view. You're not the best view in your life. He is. And, um, so that, that means our attention should go there, right? So he said, you've failed many, many times, but I never have. And then he followed it up with this. So I share my success with you. Meaning this, I don't have to struggle to succeed. Success belongs to me in my redemption package. It belongs to you. It's part of your redemption package. I don't have to go out and be a success. I just have to let the successful one in me flow. I just have to yield to him, draw on him, follow him instead of drawing on the mental arena, instead of drawing on the flesh, instead of drawing on my emotions, instead of drawing on my past. I draw on the greater one that's in me. Amen. And I was making this statement that um, not only when I go out to minister Mm -hmm. to people and conduct a service, but I've learned to do this just in my everyday life Mm -hmm. and saying, in Nancy Dufresne, there's nothing mm-hmm. to help anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about in this yes. natural, yes. fleshy, mm-hmm. this, this, this part of Nancy Dufresne, there's nothing in me to help anybody. But in the God that's in Nancy Dufresne is everything <laughs> to help yes. everyone I come in contact yes. with. Amen. That's grace. Yes. Drawing uh-huh. on the greater one that's in yes. you. Yes his ability, his help instead of, but most of the time, if we're not careful, we're just skillful on drawing on the flesh, drawing on the natural. Mm -hmm. And we're not skillful on drawing on the divine that's in us. We quoted John 14, verse 10, something Jesus said. Mm -hmm. He said, the father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Mm -hmm. Listen, Jesus stated it. Why, would, why was he stating this? Because he's meditating on it. He's mindful of that. Yeah. That's how he went out among the people and he recognized, I don't have to perform anything for the people. Yeah, that's right. I just have to let the unlimited one in me flow, not hindering him. That's, that's, that's what our, our skill set is to be toward, yielding. Yeah. Yes. yes. Letting him flow, drawing on him instead of drawing on the natural side that doesn't have the help, that doesn't have the answers for other people. It doesn't even have it for our own lives. But we have divine help on the inside. Jesus said, the father that dwells in me, he dwells in you. He dwells in you. What is he in there to do? To do the works. He's in you to do works. So our success is reclining on him. Uh-huh. sitting back, not inactive, right. Right. active with our faith, yes. active with our confession, yes. active with our saying, yes. active with holding to the word, yes. holding fast to the word, but him doing the works. Yes. All we do, our faith, all our faith does is open the door uh-huh. so that he can come in yes. and do the works. Yes. When we're mindful of our past, the door is closed to him. Right. Yes. Yes. 
So we don't, no wonder the devil will try to remind us of our past because it puts us back into the natural. It puts us back into measuring us instead of yielding to him, the one that's in us that does the works. He is our success. He is our success. So every day we are to get up and say, the greater one's in me today. He's in me. I'm going to let him loose. I'm not going to hinder him. I'm going to let him loose in me. I'm going to yield to him. When the spirit prompts me towards something, I'm going to follow that because when I do, divine will flow. Divine power, divine life, divine help, divine ability, divine wisdom, divine revelation. Everything divine will flow when I yield to the spirit because the spirit's not drawn on my flesh. He's drawn on my spirit. He's drawing on, he, he's that life of God on the inside of me and he's drawing out of my spirit. He's not drawing out of my mental. He's not drawing out of my natural side. Amen. Amen. So Jesus confessed it. We need to confess it. The greater one, he dwells in me. He dwells in me. The father that's in me, he does the works. And so when I go to minister to someone, notice this, the word tells us, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Why do people not do that? Well, um, they're not sure people are going to recover. If you're drawn on you, they won't. But if you let the one that's on the inside of you, you're leaning on him. You're drawing on him. When I go to minister to someone, I feel no personal responsibility toward their healing. My responsibility is to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover is his responsibility, not mine. My part, lay hands on the sick, God's part, and they shall recover. Yeah. So I don't feel like I've got to see, did this work? Did that? That's not my, that's not my job to measure. That's between them and God. He's the one that does the works. I don't have to perform anything. All I, I'm a door opener, door opener, door opener. Why? To let him come in, come into that situation to come into their need. Many times somebody else doesn't know how to open the door, but I do. We're learning, right? Yeah, we're learning how to open the door. How do we open the door? With what we say, with our faith. We go into situations, we say, Father, I expect you to work in this. I expect you to. I'm expecting you to work in this situation. Amen. Uh, Go with me to Romans chapter 5 and verse 17, and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Classic Translation. So Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. It reads, For if because of one man's trespass, lapse, or offense, who's he talking about? Adam. So he said, because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reigned through that one. Well, let me say this. Death found an open door. Adam was that open door. He opened the door for death to come in and reign. So much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, look at this, and the free gift of righteousness putting them into right standing with himself. That's what righteousness is. We're right with God. Not because we've earned something, not because we've done something, but because of who we belong to. Righteousness means it's done right. 
Jesus did everything right. We're not righteous because we've done everything right because we haven't done everything right. But it's not our righteousness, it's his. He did everything right and he credited, he credited that rightness to us as though we were the ones who did it right. Now that's who we are in Christ. Amen. Amen. Who we are in him is so much greater than who we are in us. Amen. Amen. So notice this, uh, Paul calls it a free gift of righteousness. What? Not an earned gift. It's a free gift. Notice it's a gift. Mm -hmm. When somebody gives you a gift, it's yours to use anytime. It's yours to draw on anytime. Mm -hmm. You don't have to call them and say, you know, you gave me a a bracelet the other day. Can I wear it? No, a gift is under your control. That's right. Wonderful. It's yes. under your authority. Yes. That's right. So we are to we are to um, walk mm-hmm. in this righteousness yes. every day. Every yes. day. So it says this: the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with Himself, reign as kings in life mm-hmm. yes. through the one man. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. So notice this, when we're walking in our righteousness, we'll reign. Now, what does reign in life mean? It doesn't mean dominate other people. To reign over the circumstances that come against your life. The the circumstances that arise in your life. Some circumstances arise and they're not against you, but they're circumstances. And you want to make sure they come out right. You better reign. How do you reign? In right, in righteousness. No wonder the devil would love for you to remember your past. Because you have to lay down your righteousness to talk about your past. You have to lay down who you are in Christ to hold to something of your past. That's right. Don't lay down anything of who you are in Christ. So the more skillful we are with saying, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be troubled by my past. I'm not going to be harassed by my past because Jesus bore all that. The blood of Jesus cleansed me from all that. I'm right with him now. I'm right with God now. And when you're right with God and you answer things Uh in that, in that fashion, Uh you're going to start ruling and reigning over those circumstances in your life. Because the devil's always trying to remind you who you are in the flesh. If you're going to focus on who you are in the flesh, who you are in the natural, all you're going to, all you're going to see is weaknesses, faults, and failures. But if you'll focus on who you are in Christ, who he is in you, the greater one in you. Amen. So to reign over the circumstances, we have to walk in the light. I am righteous. I am. Amen. Like I said, we aren't righteous because we've done everything right. We're righteous because we are, we belong to the one who did everything right. Amen. Now the Bible calls Satan, the accuser of the brethren by giving him that title. It also reveals his strategy against us. That's how he's going to work as an accuser, accuser of the brethren. Notice this. It doesn't work to accuse you with something you're not guilty of. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, That's right. true. Yeah. That's Amen. Right. Amen. That wouldn't work on you. No, no, no. That's right. 
And somebody said, you know, you talked hateful to, to uh, you know, Richard the other day. Well, I don't even know a Richard. <laughs> so that doesn't work, right? He's going to accuse you of something significant to yeah, you, right. Right. pertinent to your life. Yeah. Right. But just because it's pertinent to your life doesn't mean you have to yield to that accusation. Yes. Why? Because you know what's more pertinent to your life? The blood of Jesus, Amen. who you are in Christ. Yes. Amen. But what we are, what we're, if we're not careful, we get duped with it. We get duped to holding to who, what we did in the natural instead of who we are in him. Amen. So we have to develop skill in this, that when the accuser, the brethren goes to remind you what you've done, what you said, the decisions you made, the wrong directions you took, you answer him. And you say, I don't know what you're talking about. No, we don't know what you're talking about. You say, well, don't you have memory of it? Yeah, but that thing is forgotten. And I'm not discussing that. That's a dead thing. I'm dead to that. That thing's dead to me. Amen. So he, the enemy uses these accusations of your past, of your faults, failures, where you missed God. He uses that to bring you under that sense of sin consciousness mm-hmm. and condemnation. Why? Because he's got to get you up. Op- he's got to get you not operating in your righteousness. Why? So that he has a chance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. When you're operating in your righteousness, he has no chance against that's you. The enemy has no chance that's against right. you. Amen. So uh, that's why he constantly points to it. Amen. Amen. Um, he constantly points us back to our flesh. You have to be skillful at pointing back to your spirit. That's right. The life of God that's on the inside of you, the ability of God. Amen. Amen. So instead of being, uh, instead of being sin conscious, you have to be righteous conscious. That's right. right. Amen. Um, the enemy seeks to draw you back into who you are in the flesh. What you've done in the flesh, mm-hmm. because that way he separates you from your faith. See, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So to get past anything, we have to have faith. We have to use our faith. The devil wants to separate us from our faith. Can he take the faith out of our hearts? Well, if you're if you're operating out of your mental arena, he's drawn you. Up into that mental arena. He's enticed you, tempted you up into that arena, and you go there, you're not tapping into your faith. You're separated from it. The faith is still in you, but you're not drawing on the faith. It, once you get in that mental arena, you're done drawing on the faith because there's no faith in your mind. The faith is in your spirit. The faith is in your spirit. So he doesn't want you drawing on your spirit because you're going to draw faith out, and it's faith that overcomes him. So he wants to separate you in that moment from drawing on your faith. Well, if there's no faith in the mind, what about the mind? We renew the mind where the mind has to come into agreement. A renewed mind is taking on God's way of thinking. We think like God thinks. When our mind is renewed, our mind agrees with the faith in our heart, but our mind does not contain the faith. It can only agree with the faith that's in our heart uh, instead of arguing with the faith. You you know, your faith faith in your heart, you'll go, I know in my heart, God told me to buy that home. Your head will give you all kinds of reasons, right? Why you shouldn't buy that. Override your head. 
Why? Don't follow your head. Follow your spirit. Why? Because that's where the life of God is. That's where the success is, is in your spirit. You draw on your spirit, you draw on success. You draw on your mind, you draw on failure. Why? Because in your flesh, in, in, in natural carnal thinking is every ingredient for failure. But in your spirit is every ingredient for success. Whichever one you're going to draw on is going to determine the outcome. No wonder the devil seeks to draw us up into that mental arena because then he'll whip us. He can outthink you. Why? That's his arena. The mind is his arena. You hold him in the faith arena, in the spirit arena. Why? Because that's your arena and that's the arena you're master in. Now, we can so renew our minds that our minds come into agreement with the faith that's in our heart. But you cannot renew your mind by holding to your mind. You renew your mind by holding to your spirit, by following your spirit. Amen. So no wonder the devil seeks to hold us in condemnation um, because uh, in condemnation about our past, rehearsing our past. Why? Because then he has an opportunity Mm -hmm. against our lives whenever we're not walking in our righteousness. Mm -hmm. So what's in the spirit of man, the life of God, the ability of God, the anointing of God, the fruits of the spirit. They're all in there. What's it mean to walk in the spirit? Walking in the spirit doesn't mean a cloudy look, (laughs) a foggy, a foggy eye, you know, uh, a peculiar uh, behavior it means drawing on what's in your spirit. Walking in my spirit means I'm led by what's in my spirit. I'm drawing on that. Condemnation draws you away from your spirit. The success of God is in your spirit. The success that originates from him, flows from him, that you have a share in of his success. It's in your spirit. You draw on your spirit, you draw on success. Amen. So no wonder the devil seeks to draw you away. Right. Now, miracles won't work in a condemned heart. The receiving of healing power is hindered when there's condemnation. Uh-huh. No wonder the devil seeks to hold yes. us in condemnation over our past. That's right. That's true. Because yes. the receiving, yeah. healing power isn't hindered. The receiving of healing power yes. is hindered. Yes. Yes. There, God, doesn't, God doesn't hinder power. Mm-hmm. We can hinder our ability to receive it. Uh-huh. If there's any sense of condemnation in our life, mm-hmm. guilt, shame, mm-hmm. embarrassment, mm-hmm. that's an invitation to further renew our mind that's with right. the word. Amen. To come into greater right Very thinking. Good. What is greater right thinking? Jesus bore. That's right. Jesus he bore yeah. my yeah. griefs. He yeah. carried yeah. my sorrows. Yeah. That's renewing the mind. Yeah. Drawing on what the word says. Right. Condemnation doesn't just affect our self-image. It affects how we interact with God. Amen. I want you to know Jesus bore griefs and sorrows. Yes. We're free from yes. the effects of our past yes. wrong decisions. Amen. Yes. Walk Amen. free, live free. Yes. Amen. Yes. Well, we're learning and we want you to come back with us next time and join us again because we're not finished. But until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this book, 
by Nancy Dufresne, Peace, Living Free From Worry, she teaches how to close the door to worry, fear, and doubt. Order now at DufresneMinistries.org. This is Pastor Nancy Dufresne inviting you to join us for our annual Ladies Conference right here in Murrieta, California, October the 3rd through the 5th, Tuesday through Thursday. We invite you to go to our website at DufresneMinistries.org and get more information. We look forward to seeing you there. God bless you. On this CD, Confessions of Healing, Nancy Dufresne begins to lead in confessions for healing from the scriptures, allowing time for the listener to repeat them after her. If you or someone you know is in need of healing, this CD will be a blessing to you. Order today at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.